0: and welcome to the Lady Games Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsty Kendall, and this is just going to be sort of an intro episode to kind of what this podcast is all about, um, what we're going to be discussing, kind of where I would like to take it, um, and basically just kind of lets you know what you're getting into. Um, so just to kind of let you know a little bit about myself, um, I am a relatively new game designer. I've been designing games... I've been designing games actively probably for uh, almost two years now. Um, But my first game I started working on almost four years ago. Wow. Uh, So how I got into the hobby, I have not been a hobby gamer for a long time, but I've basically played games my entire life. Uh, As far as tabletop gaming goes, I am, mm, I would say we mostly played mainstream games as a kid. You know, Monopoly, Risk, uh Sorry, things like that. We had a lot of those kids' dexterity games that you have. And so I played a lot of card games, just standard deck of cards, like with my grandmother and everything. Uh, We played a lot of Uno and Skipbo. I would say mostly we probably played card games. Um, But I also played video games, played a lot of video games. Through high school and college and things like that, my husband and I have played several games together. We play a lot of Halo Reach Um, online multiplayer it's my favorite I do really love analog gaming and so we opened an escape room in 2016 we met in the physics department at our college and my husband was really into um, creating kinetic art so like moving lamps and things like that and we had talked about opening an art gallery in our town that did things like that but there the downtown area of our town is very touristy and there were a lot of art galleries already open and so the competition would have been really high we would have had to sell the items at a a Pretty high cost just to make money to cover rent and things like that in the downtown area, and it was around this time that escape rooms were kind of becoming popular. And somebody had mentioned to us that they were interested in opening one. We had done, I think, two at that point, and uh, Shane, my husband, said, "Well, why don't we just open an escape room?" So we did that. We opened an escape room, and that was kind of where I started designing actual puzzles and, and things like that. I guess you could say I was designing games because escape rooms are games. So he and I together uh, co-designed all of our escape rooms. We have five at this point, um, designed them, built them, everything. But there's a really big issue with escape rooms where <clears throat> there's no replayability. I think people have since then have toyed around with the idea of making them replayable. But unlike a video game, which can have multiple campaigns and uh, multiple storylines and things like that, these are actual physical spaces, so they can't be modular. I guess they could be. It's not easily done, especially not on the budget that we make our escape rooms on. Uh, I have heard of people making million-dollar escape rooms before. I think there's one. This is rumor. I don't know how true this is, but I think there's one in Houston. Anyway, we try to keep the budget that we make ours between five and $10,000. So it seems like a lot of money. Um, it's really not when you think about the fact that you're having to buy physical materials. I mean, it costs quite a bit. You basically have to furnish an entire room. And it can get pretty pricey pretty fast. And that sucks when you've spent all of this money and months working on this game that people can literally only play one time. So we talked about some replayability, um, some ways to engage our customers outside of the room, and we talked about making a card game or a board game or something that would be easy to play and fun for our customers to take home. And it was around this time that um, Exploding Kittens had their really big success on Kickstarter. This might have been a little bit after. I think it was a couple years after. But, you know, they were still really talked about. I mean, they made over $8 million. That was crazy. And we had played the game, and we, we had played, at this point, we had played a few games with friends of ours socially. So, uh, now know we had played Codenames, The Resistance, uh, I'm sure there's some more in there, I just can't think of them right now. But we had played some of those uh, more social party type games at uh, a friend's house. And so we knew that these types of games were out there, and then we had played, like I said, we played Exploding Kittens, and that seemed like a really small, manageable game. And the size of that is what made us think, well, let's try to make a card game that would, you know, just be a small pack, and our customers that really enjoy the escape rooms could take them home with them. So we started working on that. Well, it was around this time I found out that I was pregnant, and so I couldn't physically... uh, build the escape rooms that we've been doing and so I said well why don't we kind of split off you can kind of take over the escape room project and I'll take over this game and it it honestly worked out for the best because it's given both of us an outlet Uh, I really enjoy analog gaming and my husband really enjoys the electronics and engineering of escape rooms so it's been wonderful for our business and our relationship and everything it's been really good so i took off making this game um it started out being we wanted to do something with like an escape theme since we did escape rooms and we said well what are some things you can escape you can escape a party um that basically ended up being it uh so so we said you can escape uh, a party, a party would be a good idea. Everybody wants to escape awkward social situations, so maybe like a really bad party. You don't want to go to this party. The, the game was originally called Party Pooper, and then we said, "Well, that's a little childish for what we're we were kind of going for a drier theme." And uh, my f- favorite show is The Office, and so I said, "Well, what if you're escaping like a really bad Office party?" And so. I, we were kind of looking up uh, synonyms for things about, you know, uh, someone that is a party pooper, basically. Uh, and then we came across the word Killjoy. And I thought, oh, wow, that's perfect. Killjoy, it's, it's got just enough of an edge to where it doesn't seem like it's completely a children's game. That it would be fun to play, you know, at a party. And it's simple. It's one word. It's easy to say. It's catchy. So Killjoy was born. I'll talk a little bit more about the design process of how Killjoy started, where it was, and then where it ended up. But basically, I took over. I created this game, Killjoy, uh, and that was my that was the bridge between not being in the gaming community and then being very involved in the gaming community. I started to attend cons, I started to get uh, really engaged in online groups like on Board Game Geek, different Facebook groups. Uh, Twitter is a really big platform for people in the gaming community. So I, I just really, I think the biggest thing was probably um, going to different conventions. I when, when I was preparing for my Kickstarter campaign, I decided I was going to go on a Kickstarter tour. And that's a completely different story that we'll talk about later. But in doing so, I visited uh, a lot of different conventions in a few different areas of the country. And I met so many people so many people so many great people um people I'm still really good friends with now and that was you know all along last year got to see a lot of really cool areas of the country I'm in the United States I'm in the United States and it was just it was a really fun experience and I realized how much of a social um industry this is you really have to talk to people and engage with people and for good reason it's because people want to know that you are not trying to screw them or sell them a really bad product I think that this industry is in a really interesting place right now because it's young enough and it's still way on the up I mean it is just it is skyrocketing the way it's going basically everyone is kind of trying their hand at game design and that's really cool uh, but it's going to get to a point where... I, th- it, And this is just my opinion. I think that it's going to get to a point where the bubble is going to burst. And all of these games... Because you can only play so many games. And if there's too many games out there... You know, like let's say you do have a really good game. But you are competing on the same level with 20,000 other games coming out that year... You can't build enough of an audience to keep your brand alive. Uh, Because, like, let's say you get 100 people that are very, very passionate about your game. Well, it's going to be hard for those 100 people to get five of their friends to play your game because they're playing other games that are out there. And you can only physically play so many games at a time. So what I think is going to happen is... This uh, bubble is going to burst and it's going to kind of be restructured into a tiered system of professional game design, kind of how uh, video games are now. You know, you've got the the AAA games that are up there that everybody plays. Everybody plays Call of Duty and Halo and Fallout and all of these other games. But then you're going to have people that design indie games and niche type games that you can get on Xbox Live or whatever game console you're playing on you know you can get those for two to ten dollars and they're really good games I mean some of those games are some of my favorite games like I have this game I'm gonna I'm gonna time out here for a second if you play on Xbox go to the store and get Mr. Pumpkin's Adventure if you're playing on ps4 or something else see if they have mr pumpkin's adventure it's this little puzzle game that is just so much fun it's like the tiniest weirdest little indie game but I mean it's a puzzle game so I know the answers and I think I've already played that game three times just because it's so much fun but you know nobody's ever heard of that you have if you have heard of that I would be very surprised and so you just because the awareness is not out there it doesn't speak to the quality of the game that you've made But it will determine how far you are able to go in in the industry. And so I think it's really important. I have just made a huge loop back to my main point here. It's really important to approach this as a business if that is what you're wanting to do. If you're wanting to make a career out of this, you need to start looking at yourself as a brand and your game as a product. Now, this podcast is going to focus on mostly the logistics and business side of game design because I think that that's going to be really important and that's going to be an important resource for a lot of people we'll talk about design too I have a few episodes planned where I'll go through design contests But overall, we are mostly going to be talking about the business side of things, the more practical side of things, because that's, like I said, that's going to be really important uh, as the industry keeps growing. You need to be somewhat literate. You need to be able to function and operate within a business structure, at least somewhat. You know, you don't have to be some Wall Street guy or anything like that or girl, But you do need, you need to have an awareness. Um, It's really good to be aware. So you understand where you might be lacking at times and what kind of resources might be out there for you to look for. So that, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I would, I'm also planning on interviewing uh, quite a few people. I actually just interviewed my sister and a coworker of hers. My sister's a journalist and her coworker is a digital marketer and they're not in the gaming industry. They're not even really involved in the gaming community, but their resources in the positions that they are in and their experiences could further help you. Will they directly help you as a game designer or a publisher? Uh, no. But they could provide resources that could help you expand your brand outwards so you can create a wider base that will help you build up. So, uh, j- just so for stability. I might be babbling at this point who knows the point is it's important to get perspectives from other professionals and just have a general sense of awareness because the gaming community and the gaming industry do not exist within a bubble we exist within a world that is all around us and if we want to operate within that world and benefit from the resources of that world we have to reach out and interact with that world so that being said I'll kind of talk to a few people just throughout the life of the podcast about uh, kind of what they do and as far as the audience of this podcast uh, when I went into it I originally said well I want this to be a platform for women and minorities in gaming to talk and I do want that but I also realize that there are a few other things I want to talk about like I would like to talk to professionals that are not just designers, developers, or publishers. Um, There are a lot of professions out there that could be incorporated into the gaming world, and that's going to kind of go along with talking about uh, the business side of things. So if you have an accountant that is just a general accountant, you know, that's great. You do need an accountant running a business, but if you have an accountant that is especially literate in events in the gaming industry then that person is going to have a leg up it is going to help you perform better and in doing so it's going to help them increase their business. So let's say you are an accountant that's interested in being involved in the gaming industry but your designs are subpar or you don't have the desire to be a publisher or developer there is a place for you. So I want to kind of open the floor up to not not strictly women and minorities. I do want to focus on them and make sure that it is still a platform. But I also want to open it up to discussing new opportunities just from the business side of things. So that being said, when I do speak with women and minorities on this podcast, we will talk a little bit about personal challenges that they faced as well. But I don't want only women and minorities to... Feel like they are the ones that have to listen to this. If you are not a woman or a minority, I still want you to feel encouraged and welcomed in listening to their stories because that's how we're all going to learn and exist more peacefully. But anyway, that's going to be kind of a, a separate thing. Uh, the interview that I did with Cassidy and Tulsi, I split into two parts. So the first part, we focused strictly on business challenges and logistical challenges and things like that. And then in the second part we talk about personal challenges. And that way if if you're here to hear more of the business stuff, that's there for you separated out. If you want to get kind of the bonus material, you know, you're more than welcome to listen to that as well. But my whole reason for doing this podcast is throughout my career, I have listened to a lot of podcasts. I think they're really great because when I'm doing something passive like working or cleaning or you know just doing boring everyday life stuff I like listening to the podcast because they help me stay engaged even when I don't have the time to be reading something online or reading a book or anything like that Um, they still keep me engaged and involved in game design and the gaming community Uh, so anyway yeah that's why we're here and I hope that in listening to this you guys get something out of it if you want to follow me online, my Twitter handle is Lady Alex. It's L A D E E A L E X X, and basically, I'm Lady Alex. Anywhere on the internet, you can find me. If you see somebody playing a game and their tag is Lady Alex, that is me. So, find me online, talk to me, kind of let me know what you guys want to hear, and uh, I'm really excited to do this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun so that's it for the intro I hope it wasn't too long and drawn out and I look forward to talking with you guys so take care